Welcome everybody, thank you for joining us here on the Infinite Prosperity Podcast. My name is Louisa Havers and I help high achievers, entrepreneurs and coaches lift the lid on life and business so that they can live at their highest value. Each episode we will bring you our favourite founders, CEOs and guest experts to share with you their insights and strategies to expand your wealth consciousness, your spiritual leadership and aligned business strategies. We know that living in alignment with your soul's mission is what fulfills you and we are here to show you how to achieve this in an energetically aligned way. If you haven't already, be sure to claim your free abundance activation in the Akashic Records. Go to louisahavers.com forward slash gift to unlock your abundance activation today. And if you'd like my support in having aligned success in life and business, then contact me at www.louisahavers.com and let's explore together if it's an aligned match. Get ready to live at your highest value and to expand into your next level of money as you elevate and receive more. You create more for others. Righty ho, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome everybody. I am so excited for our conversation today. Thank you everyone for being here. I wanted to curate the most incredible group of leaders where we can talk about what we're seeing in in, in business in terms of financial breakthroughs, because it can feel a little bit of a mystery for uh, our our community members. It's an opportunity to introduce people to each other and to share this conversation um, with our communities. So for everyone listening, I am your host, I'm Louisa Havers. I'm the creator of the Helix Method, which is an energy psychology modality and a master Akashic record teacher and trainer with the Soul Journeys Method. And I help self-aware entrepreneurs break through those sneaky upper limits in life and business. And I chose this topic because I just think it is one of the hottest topics out there around how all entrepreneurs are, are wanting to make a bigger impact and to have that profitability as they're growing their businesses and breaking through to those next revenue levels. I wanted to bring the experts who have done it, who continue to do it, who help their clients to do it and all the things so that we can have a fabulous conversation about it. So as I was saying, I'm excited to see who already knows each other. Um, but we've got an hour together to, to dive into this conversation. So shall we just do some quick intros in case people don't know each other and for everybody listening, of course, as well. Tamika, do you want to kick us yeah, off? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm Tamika. I do know a couple uh, amazing souls in here. It's nice to see you all again and to meet new folks. I am a fractional chief marketing officer um, in one arm of my business. So really helping CEOs of coaching and training companies to stop being the smartest uh, marketing brain in their business, really get their teams aligned around a marketing plan that they can really execute, very experiment-based and and help them execute to really optimize uh, the results that they're already having, kind of get through that plateau by optimizing what's already working and really essentializing. And then for folks who are not quite there yet, uh, I have a uh, framework that I that I show folks how to implement in their business. It helps them to turn new leads into new clients uh, really, really efficiently uh, without creating a ton of uh, content along the way. So very much kind of the tactical of uh, <laughs> marketing and uh, underneath all of that, of course, there are some cool things that we'll, <laughs> that we'll get into along the way, right? <laughs> Thank yeah. you, lovely. Hi, you're you. welcome. Joy. Hi, everyone. I'm Joy Baffolini. I'm in Clearwater, Florida, and I am the queen of simplification. My brand is Simplify to Multiply, so I help women to simplify their business model with their offers, their messaging, their sales process, so they have a more streamlined approach to quantum leaping to their big income goals. 
Thank you so much, Joy. Jennifer, welcome, lovely. Hello, hello. So lovely to share space with all of you elevated souls. I can already feel the energy and the potency of this conversation. So I'm Jennifer. I've been a colleague of Louise's for a number of years and, and always, you know, jump to the pump when she invites to, to anything. So founder, managing partner of Celestial Group, which is a women's owned investment company. We've helped over 100 women to date um, get on cap tables, so direct business ownership. And we have a small portfolio of small companies that we manage. Um, I'm also the CEO of Webdelics, the number one psychedelic platform in the world and CEO of Bloom Institute which is a sacred space for awakening for women. So lots on the go um, and tons of money in circulation in my field and um, just up-leveling women with that journey. So very excited to be here. Thank you, Louisa. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Welcome. Desiree, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I love this conversation. I'm Desiree Stafford and I help really experienced transformational business owners, so coaches, healers, consultants, et cetera. Um, breakthrough to five and six figure months with simplicity and ease. So I'm a high ticket uh, business mentor as well as a mindset coach. Awesome. Thank you. Lovely. I did welcome Nicole. So excited you're here as well. So great to be here, guys. Um, I'm Nicole Cherie Hess. I'm a mouthy bartender turned mouthy millionaire founder of Wonder World Marketing. Um, I built my empire up to seven figures in my very first year and really specialize in helping entrepreneurs to be able to utilize energetically aligned social selling strategies to be able to crush those big unicorn goals fast. Yes, I love it. I love it. Oh, thank you so much, everybody. Well, let's dive in. I can't wait to hear everyone's reflections. And as I was thinking about what could be like a really good topic to, to start a conversation with, I was thinking about, well, what was the biggest needle mover for you when you look back along your um, journey as, a, as an entrepreneur and with those moments where the financial breakthroughs um, started to take place? Who would like to, to kick us off? Okay. Thanks, Joy. Yeah. You know, for me, it was identity. Mm. Having yeah. been a former teacher and like having that teacher, you know, hat on and like what you're allowed to receive and who you're allowed to be and how much money you make and all of that. And then also being mom to a child with fairly significant disabilities. Again, that's a huge identity too. And also a lot more on your plate. <laughs> like, how could I possibly be this person both practically and internally? And allowing myself to be that person. It really was an identity shift and it was, you know, an internal process, but I'm really glad I did that underlying identity work um, and busting through a lot of beliefs about what kind of person you are, if you, you know, make hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, and, you know, all the old stories and beliefs and working, really taking my time working through those. It took me a little while to get to my first six-figure year. But once I did, it was like 100K, 250K, 500K, seven-figure, like it took off. So that was really the needle mover for me, letting me, letting myself be that person. And I knew I'd still be a great person. Like I'm still a nice person. I'm still just joy. <laughs> and it wasn't going to become someone I wasn't or a greedy or mean person. Um, like really, I think for us as women, especially like, knowing that we're going to maintain our integrity and who we are at our core is really key. So true. So true. Yes. Identity is such a big thing, isn't it? I love it. Tamika, I could hear you nodding away. Yeah. <laughs> what was, what was it for you? Mm, yeah, for me, I think, you know, certainly there were some energetic pieces uh, that were really, really important. 
Um, but the way that my brain works is like, I had to get the, the tactical logical pieces first. I needed like selling, like understanding how to sell, understanding how to, you know, really, um, step into authentic conversation with someone and, um, understand, you know, what they need and what the value that you offer and really being able to, you know, hold space for, and, and create that space for them to lean in and say yes. Right. So for me, it was very, it was very tactical, um, to get started. And then of course, uh, that, that led into, you know, some of the other pieces of who am I, you know, to, to Joy's point, this is where I was nodding and leaning in, like, who am I to ask for that much? You know, and can I be that person that receives that much? Um, but I, yeah, I had to start the root of like, let's, let's get started. How do we, how do we actually be in that conversation? Um, you know, and authentically, I think that was the the piece as well, right? Because in my journey, you know, I'm, I'm a voracious learner, always wanting to learn. So you're picking up, you know, sales books and, and, and all those things and everything just felt so um, misaligned for me. It didn't feel like my, you know, authentic for me to, to kind of be that sleazy car salesman, you know, that, that sort of energy. So it's like, you know, who am I in this process and how do I actually um, talk about what I do in a way that connects with um, you know, the problems that folks have that, you know, create space for you to step in. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So identity and the, and the tactical, tactical, the tactical piece. Yeah. Desiree, I can see you nodding away. <laughs> I love this um, because for me, it was a lot of identity as well. So I second what Joy said 100%. Um, the tactical part honestly was easy for me because I personally had businesses before I became an online coach. And I'm a go-getter, like many of my clients. I trust myself to figure it out. And I got myself to six figures pretty quickly. But getting beyond that, I kept hitting these upper limits. And it was so hard. And that, that was the part that frustrated me. I'm like, I already had a seven-figure business before I came online. Why don't I have a seven-figure business online? Right? And so that was a lot of the, what am I thinking? What am I, what am I telling myself that's causing me to stop myself short? That's causing me to sabotage. That's causing me to play small. So that's why identity to me has been the biggest key. The tactics, honestly, I, I took all the courses. I, you know, I worked with all the different coaches. That stuff was really easy to pick up. And I trusted myself to take those actions. And many people, I believe, are taking a lot of the action. But if they don't shift the identity, if they don't change the conversation that they're having with themselves, the way they perceive themselves, that breakthrough that you're looking for, to me, is the biggest challenge, right? It's, it's when what's going on with you shifts internally. That's when the stuff that you're doing externally, you can do the same thing sometimes less and get way bigger results. So true, so true. Oh, Nicole, I'd love to hear your reflections on this because I know that you said you 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 went fast <laughs> um, in terms of you know creating your business online and having that breakthrough. I was about three months into my online journey. I knew nothing about the coaching industry before I got in. Like literally, was just blind to all of it. Um, three, about three months in, I had my first five figure day, made $10,000 cash collected. And it totally blew my mind because I just didn't have the exposure that a lot of entrepreneurs do that have like seen this happen before. And so it was just like, I mean, I literally had no point of reference and I couldn't believe that I could get onto a Facebook live and tell a story and do a pitch and then receive $10,000. I mean, months before that, I was just a bartender, you know, working, working all day and all night <laughs> to try and maybe make $10,000 by working 90 hours a week. Right. Um, and so it really like, like 
clicked something in my mindset and I was uh, standing in a river as you do <laughs> palms <laughs> up uh, face in the sun and just uh, like allowing myself to like really feel that moment of like soaking it in you know and my husband was like just mind blown as well right so we're just standing there in the river he's fishing and I'm just feeling all the feelings right and this thought occurred to me where it was like if you could do it once, you can do it again. Right. And so I started to kind of do the math and similar to Tamika, like my brain is very much in that logical standpoint. And so it was kind of like, okay, if I do this 10 times a month, that's a hundred thousand dollars a month. And that's only a third of the time. And so I just kind of started creating all these connections of like how I could do it. And that was with a very low ticket item, right? That was like a $500 item, which would be insane. But then I was like, if I sold a $5,000 item, then it would be 20 people in how many sales calls is that? How much time is that? Does it all add up? And so I got my logical brain on board and I just, I remember it so clearly, right? Like just standing there and feeling that energy of the limitless possibilities and that it, I didn't need to like know how it was like the connection to the feeling of what it would feel like that feeling of like elation, that sparkly shimmery thing that happens in your bones, right? Like in your unicorn <laughs> bones. And I just like really attached to that feeling. And literally two weeks later, I got on and did a, another Facebook live and I pitched a $5,000 offer that I had never pitched before. And my coach at the time told me that I would never close people $5,000 straight through the funnel without a sales call. Well, he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my first $50,000 day. Um, and then literally three months after that, I had my first six figure month. I closed out $125,000 three months later in the single in 30 days in November of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. And so it was really just for me, like being able to tether those pieces together and make it possible for myself first, attached to the feeling of what it would be like, what it will be in that, in that moment, and then releasing all of the how and just taking aligned action and, you know, following those nudges that your higher self gives to you. It's really about building that trust relationship between you and you. Love that trust between you and you. Yes. 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 I love it. Jennifer. Hi. So all of these answers, I mean, I think it's impossible to answer without really coming back to the self-concept that that identity work, as we've already stated. But what's so exciting about your audience, Louisa, and like the the next level intelligence that the audience holds here and why I'm so excited about this conversation is that we don't have to speak in code, right? So everyone knows that we're here on on a journey of evolving and, and spiritually advancing is the way that we're doing it. And so how this all came about for me was actually a, a major health scare in, in 2013 that that nearly took my life and really caused me to look at how I was spending my time on the planet and where um, being the powerful creators that we are, was I not being in full realization of the self to be, you know, the humanitarian and philanthropist that my life path nine is here to be and the fear that I had around stewarding resources at such a great level. So once I really took it away from looking at where my ego was being in the way of service, which I think is a lot of, of the case for many of us light workers. We're really staying stuck inside. What does it mean? And what does it mean to be spiritual and have resources, et cetera? It's like, well, we need to cause a mass shift in awakening and consciousness on this planet. And that requires resources and that requires sitting at big tables that requires taking big actions, et cetera. And I'm still, I mean, that was 10 years ago. I don't have it figured out. I'm still figuring it out as we go along you know, and our divinity is in our humanity. So it actually became a, a thing of becoming much more real with the self about what are the shortcomings? Where do I need to build a team? Where do I need to talk to a therapist? Where do I need to get my Reiki? Where do I need to fix my body? Where do I need to fix my diet? Am I eating? Am I moving? What's that spiritual hygiene of me cultivating 
you know, if you're going to sit at the table with the Richard Bransons, what needs to happen in your life? And if you're not going to, and you're quietly going to do the good work, which is also tons of nobility in that, how are you just inside your own life stewarding it for you? And I was like, wow, I am not being the best steward for me that I can be. Do I love myself? How did my health degrade to such a, a level that it did? You know, all of these things are in control. And so I had to go in and really rewire a lot of settings. There's a lot of subconscious reprogramming, tons of work in the Akashic records. Like you just got to look at what's going on and be radically honest with who's the avatar that you're creating. What is the self-concept? It's in our control. We know that we're in an incredible hologram and taking a stand for what you want to see. So I'm like always living in the outcome. But it's not to say that it's easy. It isn't. I know on this planet, we can eliminate suffering, but we can't eliminate pain. So I had to get really real with what was my tolerance for pain? What was the mission that I was taking on? And who was I being along the way? And if I'm not you know, scaring the heck out of myself, I'm bored. So it's very important to me that I'm always like growing into that next level thing. Uh, thank, thank you all for like smiling and nodding and reaffirming that it's just like our purpose requires things of us, but we require things of us. And so if your self-love and self-concept isn't an, in a place where you need to be stretching each and every day, those are the things to look at. So for me, it was like, okay, I was literally on my deathbed. I, I wish for everyone that it doesn't need to get that, <laughs> that serious, you know, and I've had a, a life full of joy and like a, an inc incredible things have happened, you know, since then, but it was because I took charge of the turnaround. Right. And so that desire to serve um, is very important because we won't do it for ourselves. So being called forward by greater vision and, you know, everything that everyone has said, it's the practicals, it's the identity, it's, it's a convergence of many things. It's not any one big thing. You're not going to wake up one day and have like the millionaire helix unless you're in Louise's programs. Thanks, lovely. Oh, I love that. And isn't it incredible how sometimes we do have to go right back to that moment where we, our health is at risk to, to make a change. I did have that in social services. They're like, she's not left yet, right? Let's give her some shingles and chronic fatigue. Then she'll go, right? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> oh, this is so fantastic. Thank you so much for, for sharing. And one of the things as I feel like we're unlocking the mystery behind the breakthrough so that it can really feel more doable and one of the things that it feels that everyone's reflecting on is that piece around the the identity piece and really who, how we are perceiving ourselves and I think that's so helpful because there's so many mysteries around the the financial breakthroughs there's so much noise on the internet as well isn't there in relation to this right <laughs> like yes <laughs> what are some of the, the 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 mysteries that um you're seeing that are created all the myths that are created for for people about financial breakthroughs that drive you mad <laughs> i have one um and it, and it drives me insane and it is the this it strategy, this brand new way of doing things. I am the only one who knows how to teach you how to, that drives me insane because it isn't the strategy. I believe any strategy works. In fact, I believe that the ultimate strategy is elevating your state of being. And that gets you in touch with you and you, like we were discussing earlier, right? Because you always know what to do. You just have to get out of your own way to hear that guidance and take that action, right? 
So when I hear people, it's like nails on a chalkboard when I hear people say, this is the thing. Like webinars are the thing and challenges are the thing. And I bought into it for a long time, which is why it annoys the shit out of me, right? And it was when I actually did the work to connect back to myself and my own truth and reclaim my own authority. There are so many people out there who are amazing at what they do. They know exactly what actions to take, but they don't have the confidence to believe in themselves, to know that if I just keep doing the thing that brings me the most joy, that's actually the way to get what I want. But people don't trust themselves enough. And so they, they give their power away to what this person who's making more money says is the truth. And quite frankly, that strategy may be the thing that worked for them, but that doesn't mean it's a strategy for you, right? So, so much of the work that I do with my clients, because I had to do this work with myself, was like, wait, what's my truth? <laughs> like, where do I see myself in this whole game here? You know what I mean? Because the thing that I do that lights me up the most is going to keep me on the frequency of what I want anyway, right? So, it, it, to me, it is the follow this proven strategy instead of your own intuitive guided strategy. That's the thing, I think. That's the noise, in, the, in other words, that I hear so much that I think confuses so many people. And it's really just codependency. You know, so many of us have not been taught to trust ourselves, right? Or we've even been, you know, sometimes, um, exp had, let's put it this way, had experiences that made us doubt ourselves so much so that it, it's not, we don't trust that intuition. We don't trust that guidance. We're willing to give it away, give our entire power away because that person's making more money than me. So I'm going to put that person on a pedestal and I'm going to do exactly what they tell me to do. And I'm not going to get the results and I don't know why. Right. And so it's helping clients, in my opinion, the best way to serve people is helping clients come back to their own truth. And that's when they have that internal guru rather than the external guru, right. Who actually leads them on the path of least resistance to the results that they've always wanted. I love that internal guru. Yes. Joy, <laughs> I can hear you kind of going in. <laughs> What was your I love, I love that, Desiree. Love that. Um, I was thinking about this idea where people um, kind of make it sound like in alignment with what you're saying, like, oh, it's easy. It's easy if you just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it can be simpler. I'm for simpler. But it does take, and this is not saying hard work either, it takes commitment and persistence and staying in the game when things don't work. Because there isn't a magic formula that's just like, hit the easy button. You, know? <laughs> you do have to fine tune. This aligns with me. That doesn't align with me. You know, like you said, I've, I've you know, we've all gone all the, you know, tried a lot of things and like, no, no. But contrast does give clarity, you know. But I think sometimes we give up. Well, that didn't work. You know, well, like, you know, maybe I wasn't meant to do this and are willing to just give up and trade our dreams. So I, I'd say one of the important things that we need to be talking about more is resilience. You know, it takes resilience and have, you know, having that, why am I doing this? And I'm going to stick with it even in a down month or a down year, or, you know, all this stuff's happening because it's been 12 years for me now. So I've seen enough of like, okay, stay in the long game, think long game. There's no easy button that you're going to forevermore, you know, be at this, you know, you're going to jump up to a million dollars by next year and you're going to stay there and keep growing forever. It's like, that's not really reality. You know, you need resilience for the ups and downs. Yes, that that's wise, wise words around the resilience and recognizing that the, the growth curve 
actually it might not look like a curve it might look a little bit wobbly along the way overall you're going you're going up <laughs> indeed yeah, yeah I was gonna say Louisa I'm I'm sitting with Desiree uh your show is so great there's no one right strategy and I think the other piece of that um for folks especially this community that's listening uh soon you realize okay it's not one strategy but sometimes on the other half of that can be uh the same thing can be applied to the inner work that's required like once we get this idea this this understanding oh like there's something within me that needs to be fine-tuned I've seen and it drives me crazy that that same thought of like well this is the one mindset thing this is the one inner game thing friends and we've all said I think it was Jennifer like it could be therapy. It can be Akasha. It can be, you know, straight up mindset work. It can be like, there's all these different modalities um, for the inner work as well. And, and I think we do ourselves, we do our clients a disservice when we really kind of have that tunnel vision for one specific, um, you know, sort of inner game shift as well, because it really is figuring out like what, what aligns with us, you know, what aligns with us. Um, and we have this same piece where, you know, it's challenges or it's, webinars, I, I see that too. It's the nervous system or it's the Akasha or it's the, you know, and again, like I've personally had tremendous benefits in all of these different areas. And I think we just like opening that conversation and, and reminding people that just as it's not one, you know, logical strategy, it's also not just one. Um, and, and maybe that's not always true, but in many cases, it's not just one inner game, you know, shift that's going to get you there either. You know, I love that. Yes, it does. It's ongoing work, isn't it? It's not just, yeah. oh, I can just do one one session on a Tuesday and then I'm, I'm done. <laughs> love it. Nicole, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I know I've heard you talk about, you know, codependency and people kind of shifting that to, you know, being able to kind of get rid of that. Your reflections on um, what's been shared. I mean, I think the thing that drives me the, the most crazy with all of these things is the excuses you know, is that people constantly have an excuse for why they are the way that they are. And they're always making themselves wrong. And when you make yourself wrong, you create um, a healing journey that presupposes that you're broken, right? That there's something wrong with you, that you need fixing, that you need to fine tune, that you need to change the mindset, that you need to change the strategy. And you're not good enough <laughs> is what the core message of all of that is, right? But we are brilliant, sentient beings, and we can hold two conflicting thoughts in our heads at the same exact time, knowing both of them are true. You are inherently good enough to get the results. And also there's room for improvement, right? And when you can hold both of those things at the same time, this is when you get the dichotomy of that expansive stretch so that you can have the resilience, so that you can stick with the strategy until it works, not if it works. Because the fact is, all strategies work. I don't care what it is. All strategies work. When you become the person who can execute at that level, one of the things that I really, uh, you know, stand against is the codependency of coaching. Because I, you know, even though I do do coaching and mentoring, like for me, I've I've worked with a lot of different people. I've had a lot of different experiences in a very short amount of time because I'm fast. I was fast in dating, and I'm fast with coaches. <laughs> I like to get that shit done, right? <laughs> um, and when I do that, it's like. I see a lot of people creating this belief that you need this coach, that this coach is there to facilitate something for you, that this coach is there to, you know, um, upgrade you in some way and recalibrate you. And we need, you know, this, this deity to come in and none of that, everything is internal, literally everything. You do not need a coach. You do not need a mentor. You can create all of these shifts on your own. 
if you're willing to release the resistance that is required. And so that's actually why we bring in the coaching pieces. And so what we really work with with our clients is in the space of interdependence. I will not come and get you. If you run away screaming for the hills and this is scary for you and hard for you, I will not come and get you. You are an adult. You can choose to come back whenever you're ready, right? You can choose to elevate. You can choose to to rise. And I require that my clients do. I'm not in the interest of hand-holding or wiping someone's ass because the fact of the matter is, is that I make millions of dollars. My clients make millions of dollars and money in the hands of good people does good things. And if you're not the kind of person that can pull yourself up, why the fuck should I pull you up just to get a testimonial out of you? I've got thousands of testimonials. I don't need any more, right? So if you don't want to rise, if you don't want to do what it takes, good, because you're probably not the person to lead other people anyways. And so it's allowing that self-leadership to come through. And I think that there's a lot in the coaching industry of like, I'll help you. I'll do it for you. I will make sure you get results. I guarantee none of that because that is not what the world needs. The world does not need more participation trophies. It needs more willing people who are ready to step into their self-sovereignty, regardless of what is or is not happening around them and put the excuses down because I've had a lot of fucking shitty things happen in my life. I'm not a lucky girl, right? but I've created an incredible life despite abuse, despite molestation, despite, you know, being in a domestic violence relationship, despite my son's father dying when we were 24, even though all of these things have happened, I've created something magical in my life where I still give back to other people and I still contribute. And if people aren't willing to rise to that occasion, then I don't think that they deserve to make millions of dollars or to be in a role where they're helping other people because they're not even helping themselves. I think that's so true. I love what you're saying there, Nicole. Really hearing that setting the standards for ourselves to to, to lead from and also for our communities to to rise to, because otherwise, if we're kind of um, trying to reach down to help people, it's it's perpetuating that codependency. That's that's so true. Jennifer, I can see you kind of loving this. <laughs> oh yeah, lots of mic drops there. It's fabulous. You said the magic word for me there, Louisa, which was community you know, and having a healthy relationship with our communities and with the resources that we desire to steward. I think there's so many myths around just finances and financial products and financial services. What are they? Who can help me? How do I learn? Where do I get guided? How do I start? And so really the the importance of self-advocacy, putting yourself in the right rooms, working with the right mentors. If something doesn't feel right, trusting the intuition to get a, a different perspective on it. But we fall into like this trap of it's so hard you know, what's a high yield savings account versus a mutual fund versus should I buy a house? Should I yada, 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 right? And there are plenty of communities that we can join within which to have those conversations and simply to learn. Lots of consultants that would love to be paid to guide you that are not just selling a product or hawking something on commission and being in spaces where others are elevated. I mean, Nicole, to your words and and Desiree, you did a ton of mic drops on this as well. It's just like that advocacy of I'm taking a stand for getting this right because I desire to lead others. It starts with leading myself. Where are the conversations happening that are a bit stretchy and that I can learn? So it's almost like the the humility is what's required to really play with the power dynamic in a good way because mutual funds, high yield savings accounts, stocks, bonds, all of that, it, it's really actually not confusing And if it is, if it's being kept in a back room, we have to ask ourselves, why? Why is power kept in a back room? You know, and with and with knees and forehead to the floor with a bit of humility and grace, be like, well, I'm here to learn because other good people, exactly as Nicole said, what good things happen, 
when good people have money. We want to see that in the world. And it starts with me. So maybe I should start asking some questions. Yes, love that. Love that. Desiree, I can hear you, see you nodding. I keep saying hearing when I'm seeing you, seeing you nodding away uh, with what Jennifer was saying. Yeah, I love that. Everybody has made such great points. Um, one thing I will add is that I feel like there are a lot of people in the marketplace who are doing what they think is the best thing to do. So I don't want to take away from people who are, who are showing up. I work, the clients who come to work with me, they show up. And the frustration is I am showing up, I am investing, and I'm not getting the results. You know, and I think that I, a lot of people have bought into the idea. It's kind of what I was mentioning before. They bought into the idea that, it, and I love what Nicole said about, um, you know, you don't need a coach or mentor. You actually don't. Um, the problem is for most people, they don't have the skill set to really be able to identify what's holding them back, which is why they would typically seek guidance and support from a coach or mentor. But also to Jennifer's point, it's gotta be the right person because not every person is the right person for you. And I think what's happened to so many people is that they partnered with people who perhaps were not the right fit for them and they didn't get the results. And then that then fosters or not fosters, but it, it, it um, aggravates, if you will, that codependency. It, I think that people are, sovereign leaders, yes, but I also think that there are a lot of wounded leaders. I think there are a lot of people who feel like I am doing everything that I can and it's still not working and that creates a sense of powerlessness. And to the point I think Nicole made about this, you know, um, I think she said something about not feeling good enough. I think that's at the core of what most people's issues are. They don't feel good enough, which is why they depend so much on so external sources, if you will, external sources of validation, uh, approval, and all of those things. And so when you're partnered with someone who recognizes and, and helps you remember who you are, then it's a lot easier for you, again, to, to Joy's point, it's not always easy, but it is easier, right? It's a lot easier for you to, to be able to, you know, really pull yourself up, if you will. But if, if you've been taught that this person knows more than me, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I am not successful enough. I don't have the right background. Like if, if you have all of that stuff going on in the back of your mind, no matter what actions you're taking, it's going to be difficult for you to get the results that you want and sustain them. Right. And so I think it, it really is imperative for people if they felt like they've worked with people in the past and they put in all the hard work in the past and they still haven't gotten results. It, I don't think it's, to me, it's not like suck it up and figure it out, buttercup. I think it's more like do some self-examination because I know I had to do this for myself. Do some self-examination to find out why did you choose coaches who weren't able to support you in that way? And who do you need this time to get you to where you're going, right? I think there's a, there's a sense of responsibility, but understanding what that responsibility looks like so that you can then make better choices and keep moving forward. I think a lot of people end up completely... Um, chipping away at their self-confidence, right? And so it makes it more and more difficult for them to make the right decisions in terms of who the right support is to get the kind of results that we all know that everybody's capable of. I don't believe that anybody steps into a program and doesn't want to get results. I believe that sometimes people don't get results because they don't know what the fuck is going on. And I, I hope I can curse from here, but they don't understand why they are not getting the results. And sometimes it's just not the right pairing. 
just like dating, right? Like sometimes you date the wrong person until you date again and you find the right person. It's the same thing when it comes to coaching and mentoring. I love that analogy of the date. add something to that, Louisa? Please um, go. You know, I this this is what really helped me with that because I definitely chose like the wrong coaches, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, hundred percent, like I chose the wrong coaches, but at some point I started to realize that just like I chose the wrong men, every single relationship that I was in served me in one way and limited me in another. Every single coach I chose served me in one way and limited another. And once I realized that it was up to me and no one else to create my own results and took radical responsibility for the ROI I was creating and the time, energy, money, and give a fuck investment that I was making with these coaches, that's when things really started to click for me because I realized it doesn't matter how good or bad the coach is. It's up to you. You get to create your own ROI. Like I have been with some, like I, I bought a, a program very early in the game because someone was making more money than me and I felt a feeling, right? And I was like, what? She has things that I don't have. She must have a secret that I don't know, right? And I went and I bought that program and it sucked. It was absolutely terrible. But you know what? I got out of that program and I 5X my prices and everything changed. So was it really terrible? I mean, it was a terrible program, but I learned an incredible lesson about it that allowed me to step into a different echelon of realizing who the fuck I was. So every single coach that you invest with, every single dude that you date or otherwise, right? Serves a purpose. You're calling this in for your higher self. So when you can learn how to articulate the ROI of the experiences that you created for yourself, that's when everything catapults. I've made more money from the launch I failed than any launch than I've ever succeeded in because I get to tell the story of the failed launch. We need to take that much more deeply to heart that our worst investments are our best investments. Absolutely. That, that is absolutely the truth of the matter. It's right. part of the journey. You know, I think let's just normalize it. And it's important, the the contrast to like, no, I don't want this. And I, like you, Nicole, yeah. I've been in some programs too. And with a former teaching background, like I understand like how I have some idea of like scope and sequence and content yeah. and all of that. I, I'm thankful to have that little advantage. But it was like, oh my goodness, my program's amazing. <laughs> and I'm earlier stage than <laughs> this person over here, you know, like, you know, I think that when we know we have that high standard of delivery ourselves and holding space, like you said, like, it's not just delivery doing it for you, but providing the resources and not, um, I love the, the theme of like not creating codependence because it doesn't serve any of us. Um, but I just think that's so, so great. Like, I think that's part of the experience is like, oops, that didn't work out like I expected it to, but seeing what not in not making it a mistake, not making it a waste and expense. I'm bad. I'm wrong. You know, it's just all part of the journey. The team members too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The team members you bring on too. <laughs> and I've had great ones, but I hear a lot of stories. I've been really lucky in that department of like, oh my goodness, so much time, energy and money wasted, you know, et cetera. But it's not really, because now you know what kind of team member you want next. <laughs> right. So true. Yes. Team members. That's a, that is a, uh, is a big one. Tamika, I feel like you were wanting to add something. Oh, well, I was just thinking, um, you know, as we're kind of having this conversation about the right coach or mentor or, or the wrong coach or mentor and, and also, and, and how to choose someone who like, who's the right match. Um, I think what gets forgotten or, or it really depends on where you are, like you're at the stage of growth you are in your business, but at a certain point, uh, there's that invitation to really think about like, is a coach or mentor what I need here? Or is a consultant is team, you know? And so there's, 
um, it reminds me of where Jennifer was going with this idea that like, what are the resources that we need to have um, if we want to break through to, you know, seven, eight figures, like, what does that look like? And, and at a certain point, there has to be that piece of um, allowing our, our business, our entity to grow outside of ourselves and to have other hands touching and helping and lifting up um, our mission. And, and that in itself is a huge um, growth edge as well. It, you know, of course, brushes up on identity. It's another identity shift, right? Going from kind of solopreneur to CEO, you know, leading a team. Um, and for so many of my clients, that is a, yeah, it, 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 it sometimes creates this, um, scenario in which some of the inner work that they felt was handled <laughs> has to like it, you know, it's spiraling out. We got to go back and kind of revisit some of those pieces as we start to bring other people into our business, um, as well, you know. That's such a good point. Yeah. You remind me of uh, one of the things I was thinking about was the essence of like how the inner work does or doesn't change mm-hmm. as we're growing our businesses and as we're going through those those breakthroughs. Um, and of course, like suddenly you've got team members and that's going to <laughs> raise up a, a, another piece of identity work, traumas to heal or or, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. What kind of things have you seen either with your clients or, you know, within yourself around how has your business has grown, the inner work changing or not changing? I'm going to attack this one. I will not Uh get to the level that I desire to get and have the impact that I desire to have without being supported. Without being supported. So if if Jennifer, the embodiment of me is holding a very specific intention I'd like to see on this planet, I need to exist in more places. That's just the reality of it. None of, you know, if you have a a plain old job, J-O-B, or you're doing the nine to five thing, there's beauty in that as well, right? Like there's, there's beauty in that as well. And it's how are you existing and expanding outside of you? So team is very important, but it could also be your kids, your partners, your neighbors, et cetera, right? Like that message that your like aura and energetic embodiment is constantly spreading and moving, you know, ahead of you is, is very, very important. But direct team members, if you are running a business and you're a listener here, that is the, the key thing ultimately. And it's letting yourself be supported, allowing yourself to be supported, permission. It's, it honestly is a massive space of healing that is required. Uh, in order to actually let yourself be supported in the way, because really, you know, doers want to do, and that's what they're here to do. If you're an evangelist, you're here to evangelize. And the reason that you know how to evangelize is that typically that you've done all the doing. So now you know the things that need to be said, right? And that's why you've got the message for the masses. So it's it's very um, likely that if you're at the point of evangelism and spreading messages, that you're actually the answer to someone else's dreams, and like, we need to think and realize that we're a space for other people's prayers to come through and that we're giving people income. You give them jobs. They love doing, they're here to execute. They want to be part of a mission bigger than themselves. They want to fulfill a purpose, but being the huge, you know, crazy visionary is not the cloth, the cloth that everyone is cut from, nor should they be right. If we're all the one higher perspective, but many different emanations and, and different viewpoints, then it's actually quite special that we employ others and or serve others or assist others to lead. But it, again, it always comes back to us. It's like, will we allow ourselves to even have a team and then go through the dynamics of what it is to actually have people to be accountable to, 
and be accountable for. And it's also an interesting take on the fact that our employees or contractors, et cetera, you know, we work for them in a way also, right? So it's, it's the very fact that by God's grace, they're there serving is what is allowing all of this mission to happen. So I'm so grateful for the people that do show up daily because it forces me to have some place to be, be on time, do the thing. It just creates that alignment that's so necessary that we we sometimes won't do if we just don't allow ourselves to be supported. But when you got to get your butt out of bed because your assistant or whoever's waiting for the instruction, well, guess what? Now you're there. And since you just showed up, it's like the gym, right? You're probably going to get a rep in. I love that. I love that. Desiree. Yeah, I would love to add to that. So I love what Jennifer's talking about, especially when it comes to support. I have a different perspective on it. because I think we're talking about the inner work, how that shifted as we've grown. For me, it's been about learning, honestly, how to be my own best friend. It's been about me learning how to give myself the support that I felt like I wasn't getting in my childhood, you know, from partners that I had, from friends, from coaches, mentors, like, I had to take responsibility for that. And I didn't know that, I'll be honest, because in my generation, the way I was raised, and especially in my household, I was the one, the role that was given to me was the caretaker. So I took care of everyone else, and that met my need for significance. That's how I felt important. It was about me taking care of everyone else, and then I felt like people should be able to support me. And I noticed that I had this feeling of being unsupported all the time because I'm amazing at what I do. I'm amazing at showing up and providing support to other people, but I didn't feel that I was getting that level of support back. And that created this sense of frustration and anger and resentment. And so many of the clients that I work with, because this is part of my story, had experienced the same thing. And so it's really helping them, just like I learned to help myself, support ourselves better. You know, like I think there are so many people, and especially in the coaching space, there are so many people who help other people because part of their sense of purpose is that if I help that person, then I'm a good person. Rather than starting from the, the platform, I am a great person who deserves to be supported and I can support myself. And that's how I'm a powerful leader for somebody else, right? So that's how my inner growth work has shifted over the years. It's, and it's not even about the result anymore. It's about, I deserve to feel supported because I deserve to feel supported. Not, I need to go out and get support so I can create this next level result. It's, I want to feel supported because I'm fucking worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I am the first, I'm the one who teaches everyone else how to treat me. So I have to be the one to give to myself first. And I think that's a huge shift that occurred within me that let everybody else off the hook. Do you know what I mean? And it created this sense of peace and trust within myself and this relationship that I'm in love with. <laughs> and it's that to me that makes all the rest of the experiences um, worth it, right? Like I think, I think it was Nicole talking about resilience, which is so important. That's one of the ways I'm able to stay resilient. Do you know what I mean? It's because I give to me. I'm not showing up. I'm, I'm going to be very honest. You know, I love helping people. But the, the come from is different. The intention is different. I help people because I'm really good at helping people and I enjoy it. I don't help people because that gives me significance anymore. I give myself significance first. And then I show up. And of course, I add to the world. But it's for me first, right? It's for me. And then it's for them. 
and that everybody wins as far as I'm concerned versus it's always about them. It's always about them. And I'm not getting, and I'm resentful, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that doesn't work because then you feel constricted versus I'm showing up for me. I want to do this for me. I love to share my ideas for me. I love to help people for me. Right. And of course, everybody else benefits as a result of that. Hmm. To me, that's way more fulfilling. So many mic drops. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share here. You know, for me, my inner work, mindset work actually looks much different than it did years ago when I was, you know, endlessly tapping and journaling and reading every personal development book and spiritual book and, you know, doing money mantras and setting goals and, you know, like every, if, if it was a thing to do, I was putting, throwing everything at the kitchen sink in. And then I kind of learned to like relax a little more and which ones are actually aligned for me and, you know, kind of go with my flow and my way of being. And now it's interesting that almost none of that I do now. And I feel like it's more about the nuances of allowing myself to receive more. And sometimes that's just about noticing little things. I mean, I'll give you a silly example, but like allowing myself to be nurtured and receive like a friend invited us over for dinner. She's a great cook. Wasn't the most convenient time. It was last minute. Like, to let myself receive dinner, a homemade dinner, you know, of like or receiving from my team, you know, extra things or, you know, from my, from my husband, who's also part of the business too, you know, of him, like, how can I help you with this? So I think that that inner work is that it's more of that being and being aware of like, huh, I'm naturally reacting like this instead of that now of like the little nuances of like, next time I can even do this you know, where you're sort of undoing some of the old programming, which was the reason you needed, I needed to do all that tapping and journaling. <laughs> like a lot of that has lifted and I have this spaciousness of being. So not that the things don't come up, things come up. We all have our moments, you know, and you tap back into those resources for sure. But I think when you take the time to do the inner work, it gets easier and more spacious and more flowy. And it's more about being Versus like having to do inner work, if that makes sense. Mm, it does, because it's yeah. sometimes we can see, we go into, I've got to do some inner work because something's gone wrong rather than, or perceive, we've perceived it as going wrong. We, maybe yeah. we see a contraction coming into the business yeah. or sales are down or whatever it is, rather than being able to come at it from that place. So if actually everything's good and I'm getting to do the inner inner, inner work as, as well. Because it's mm -hmm. that approach that we have to it that, is is so key, isn't it? That that subtle nuance that you were reflecting on. Uh, Joy, you know, just to your credit of of simplicity, right? It's mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be the, the journaling and the million things and and this and that and the other and and yeah. Akashic records and human design and 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 and, and right. <laughs> Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that all of our results come from a very simple sequence, right? Is that we ask ourselves a question, which produces a thought that inspires a feeling, that feeling leads to an action, the action leads to a behavior and the behavior produces our results. And so all we have to do, and it's not always easy, but it is always simple, is change the question that we're asking ourselves, right? Rather than making ourselves wrong, rather than peeling back a layer or doing trauma work or any of these like very dramatic, like reality TV show-esque kind of things, is that all we do is just simply change the question. If you take a sticky note and ask a different question and then stick it on your door, I don't know, inside your bathroom door, right? So like every time you go pee, <laughs> you're asking yourself that question that spurs, you know, a healthy chain of thought to feeling to action to behavior to result. It's incredible how fast everything can activate. Um, and this is something that I work with with my clients is like, 
Let's not have to work about all the symptoms. We don't have to treat all the symptoms if we just shift the causality, right? Rather than getting cold medicine and, you know, a, a throat lozenge and doing tea and whatever because of all these symptoms, what if we just rested and ate some chicken noodle soup today and left the virus clear, right? So what if we just shifted that one question that we tend to ask ourselves and then created a different default because then we would show up and do those strategies as a different person, right? It's not just what you're doing, it's who you're being while you do it. Okay. I like to think of it as the command prompt. It's, you know, if if input equals output, like, what, what are we putting in there? Uh, Nicole, like the power of the, of the questions, as you're saying, it's like, that's the number one thing that my business partner is a concept that she introduced to me actually. And she's absolutely correct. It's like, we're running our own personal algorithm. And what am I putting in that command prompt? I love that command prompt. That's so good. <laughs> Tamika. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just, you know, in deep appreciation for all the perspectives uh, shared here. I think, you know, again, the question was like, how, is, how has the inner work changed? Um, and I think for me, it, Certainly there are elements of, of joy sharing, you know, that going from that place of 50 million different, you know, the, the morning routine, that's like 50 million different tasks to really simplifying. And it's just, for me, it's shifted very similar from doing a bunch of things, checking off a bunch of things to really just being in, in deep conversation with myself, you know, Nicole saying that relationship with, with you to you, that's just evolved and deepened um, over the years. And so what's replaced the you know, the journaling and the affirmations and all those pieces are just moments of um, reflection, asking, asking myself, having that command prompt, you know, question um, in place, like, you know, what do I want to create today? What do I want to create right now? Um, all as well, you know, and now what, like, what do I want to create next? And so just being like living into, um, you know, our, our, our gift, you know, on this planet of, of being divine creators and um, yeah, and playing with that every day and, and building your relationship. Um, with that aspect of myself so that, you know, I can show up every day and, and take the actions that are aligned. I love that. All is well and now what? Yes. Powerful questions. So often we're just asking the wrong question. <laughs> then we go down some rabbit hole that we didn't, we didn't need to. Oh, this has just been such a, such a joy to have this conversation and could uh, continue for hours um, but just to kind of wrap up, would love just to, if you give everyone a heads up of where they can find you um, and we'll pop the links below the, the replay so people can come and step into your world and enjoy more of all your uh, contributions. Tamika, do you want to Sure. Share? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Arisha Creative, O-R-I-S-H-A Creative, um, or LinkedIn's a good place too. Tamika Awai over on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you. Joy. Hi, you can find me at simplifytomultiply.com. I have a freebie, the Daily Needle Movers Cheat Sheet, how to keep your daily focus really simple. And my primary platform is over on Facebook. So you can find me, Joy Boffalini. Just follow me over there. And I'm always sharing lots of interesting and valuable content. Awesome. Thank you, lovely Jennifer. Hello. I always encourage everyone to find me on LinkedIn. So it's just Jennifer Prayer on there because then you'll see all the different things that I have my hand in and you can reach out on whichever platform suits based on your interest. But the other thing and why I always promote LinkedIn is that I love to call up our Healy Feely friends to take their profession seriously, know that you're wanted, loved, cherished, adored, and that the planet does need more healers and more leaders. And please put yourself on LinkedIn, take your profession seriously, name it as such, 
get yourself a profile, rub shoulders with other professionals because you are one and, and we see your light. So the less of a profile someone has, the more I'm like, please find me on LinkedIn. I don't have a LinkedIn profile. Guess you can't contact me then. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Thank you. Desiree. Oh, you can find me on um, LinkedIn, which is just Desiree Stafford. And you could also find me on my website, which is powerhouseunleashed.com. And I also have a freebie there as well. It's a free masterclass on how my clients are adding 10K to 100K per month with a handful of high ticket clients. Awesome. Thank you. Nicole. You can jump over to nonstopnotifications.com and this will give you access to my 100 wonderful ways to get more and better clients. This is how I made 100K in my first four months online. Um, and I would love to have you join the Facebook group. It's called Unicorn Client Attraction Secrets. And this Facebook group, uh, it's, it's unlike anything you've ever seen. <laughs> it's not a Facebook group for the faint of art. Um, you know, instead of promote yourself posts, you will find memes and very inappropriate jokes. So uh, we don't need to take ourselves too seriously, right? Uh, the whole reason why we became an entrepreneur is to really love what we do and expand the impact that we're making. Um, and so it gets to be fun, right? When we surround ourselves with childlike wonder, we drop into the frequency of limitless possibilities um, because it all is all obtainable for all of us. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. And for those of those of you who are listening, I'm Louisa Havers. You can find me on all the socials and I have a, a freebie, Melt Your Hidden Money Blocks as well, which will guide you through how to get rid of some of the stickiness that is, is maybe lurking. Thank you, everybody, for all of your wisdom and uh, shares today. This has just been absolutely magical. Thank you so much. And uh, believe this will be hugely valuable for everybody to really kind of understand the real truth behind financial financial breakthroughs i hope this serves our community thank you so much everyone sending you all loads and loads of love take care bye bye, bye. Thank thanks so much thanks for listening to the infinite prosperity podcast and if you like what you've heard and want to know more please go to louisahavers.com we just appreciate you so much so thank you for listening and hanging out with us if there's anything that we can do for you you can email us at louisa at louisahavers.com let my team know if you have any ideas for shows that you'd love to hear or topics you want me to talk about. Really looking forward to hearing from you. All right, that is it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for today. Looking forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, namaste.